Hi, thank you so much for coming out for this evening screening of Apple TV Plus's series Gutsy. My name is Mara Webster and I'm the co-founder and head of programming in Creative Company. And I'm so excited to welcome tonight's panelists, Chelsea Clinton and Hillary Clinton. Gosh, thank you. My boot and I are very happy to be here. And I wanted to start off by talking a little bit about the central ethos and, and kind of the tone of the show, because one of the things that really struck me is you're talking to so many people, and in particular, you talk to a lot of women who've faced a lot of different experiences of adversity, and yet watching the show, there's such a sense of hopefulness and positivity, um, and so you really feel this huge sense of possibility in watching it, and I was interested in if that was something that you really set out consciously to create in the tone of the show when you started to developing it. Yes, uh, we did. Um, and I don't think it will be a surprise uh, to hear that, um, you know, all of us need some hope and inspiration uh, from time to time, especially in these days. And, you know, we started uh, filming this uh, during COVID. And so part of the challenge for us was to not only bring some, you know, positive stories to the screen that people could relate to and maybe feel uh, connected in a way that would help them. But also, just speaking personally, um, it was really important for me to go out across the country and, and uh, also, as you saw, to Paris to hear from people who had struggled, who had dealt with challenges, who had had losses. Uh, and we met such amazing uh, women. Some of them obviously are known, but most of them not. Um, so I think we did it for ourselves, but we also did it because we want that kind of storytelling to be available in a time when um, I think all of us need that boost. Well, and I think too, um, Mara, in the same kind of hope that the series would show all the various ways in which women can be and are gutsy. And I will say one of the most moving experiences for me, you know, since the show came out are the people who come up to me, particularly candidly, the men who come up to me to say, you know, thank you for prompting me to ask, you know, my wife, my mother, my sister, my daughter, like how, how have you had to be gutsy? Like, what does that look like in your life? And for now, how much more I've learned about the people that I love. And it wasn't only though the gutsiness that we wanted to show kind of a fuller spectrum of, but also joy. You know, we, we talk, you know, with Megan the Stallion and others about kind of, you know, the radical nature of joy, you know, particularly when um, that isn't what the world expects of you, particularly given how the world may have treated you recently. And so for joy, you know, to be kind of just a self-claiming act also is a real form of gutsiness for us. And to show that, you know, throughout um, comedy where it may be more obvious, but also kind of when we're talking to women who are, you know, fierce defenders of nature, you know, women who are kind of fierce defenders of what it means to them to bring love into the world or to mother in the world, you know, was really important to us. And to do that in a very multi-generational way, um, because I think sometimes in this country, we tend to particularly look down on on the joy of older women and to be able to show Dolores Huerta and some of, I think, like the most extraordinary figures in American history being so 
um, clear about talking about the ways they'd been gutsy, but also so obvious in the ways they were showing joy was just a real gift uh, to be able to be part of. In going into these conversations, it feels like you're never talking to people and asking them for definitive answers or solutions to problems. You know, when you're talking to a female firefighter, you're not saying, how do we get more female firefighters? It's what has your experience been? And so it's this really beautifully open-ended conversation with the participants and then also for the experience of the audience in watching it. Um, Was that equally something that felt very important in how you both approached these interviews and these conversations? Yes, because we we wanted to um, really put the spotlight or whatever, you know, attention we could bring because of who we are on these other women uh, because we wanted their stories to be at the center of what we were doing. We wanted to, like, do things with people. Um, So we would ask, what, you know, what, what do you want to do during our time with you? And you mentioned the firefighters. Well, obviously we were thrilled when they said, we want to show you what it's like to be trained to and, be a firefighter. did you put on the gear? Remind me. Did you do all of the various tasks that one does? Well, I kind of sort of morphed into a supervisory role. Um, <laughs> you know, I just, I just, I was listening to you and my mom was like, so, you know, they wanted to show us what I meant to be a firefighter. And I was like, Really? Was that you or was that me? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I thought it was important uh, to... You were a very be, good cheerleader. Yeah, I was a good cheerleader and it did weigh like 50 pounds. And the hose, the hose was impossible trying to hold the hose. So I was really proud you of you. You came in at the end. I mean, you came in at the end for like the photo to hold the hose. <laughs> It's okay. It like reminds me when my mom was running for Senate in 2000 and we were at the National Polish Festival in upstate New York and the National Polish Polka team from Poland was there. This attractive young man came up to my mother and and I'm sure Huma remembers this because she was there and he put his hand out and he said, you know, you know, Mrs. Clinton, like I would love to polka with you. And she put her hand on my back and she said, my daughter would be so honored. (laughs) So this is a familiar dynamic. Yeah, and there there were a few other a few other examples of that, like when Sylvia, the amazing woman who'd climbed the Peruvian American who climbed all seven of the highest mountains, told us she wanted to rappel down a waterfall with us. I said, you know, my daughter has always wanted to rappel down a waterfall. I mean, we actually we did have a lot of fun. But I mean, I think that brings up such a great point because for both of you, we see a lot of moments where you're each pushing yourselves outside of your comfort zones, whether it's putting on firefighter gear, you know, Hillary, you yourself are in a dance class saying, I feel like it skipped a generation, but you still jump in. You both go to clown school in Paris. Um, And it's something that I felt really opened up the conversations because it said to the people that you're talking to, we're willing to go into a space as well as asking you to. And so how do you feel like doing those sorts of things and, and facing fears really opened up a lot of the conversations that you were able to have? Well, I don't think um, it would be authentic or consistent, you know, to ask people to do things that we weren't willing to do. And I think also kind of having that common experience, hopefully then, you know, gave us common ground from which to have uh, sometimes, you know, hard and challenging conversations. And I think, you know, too, Mara, as embedded in your question, like showing that we were willing to be vulnerable and to try new things, you know, hopefully um, ease the way to kind of more 
you know, full and, and honest conversations. And sometimes those conversations went in unexpected ways. And I think, you know, had we not been willing to, you know, play those games or do those activities or go on those adventures, that might've happened, um, but I think it would have been less likely. And, you know, in, in terms of the fact that you were both talking about, this is the first time that you've hosted a show like this, and there's aspects that were completely new experiences for both of you. Um, what were some of the challenges and, and learning curves that were at hand for both of you? And how did you look to people like Anna Chai, who's the showrunner of the series and the directors that you were working with to really guide you in certain spaces? Well, we were total novices. I mean, it it's one thing to be interviewed and you walk into a room and the lights are set up and somebody puts a lav mic or a boom mic and you sit down and you answer questions and then you get up and you leave. It's something else to, you know, see literally behind the scenes as all of this uh, extraordinary work uh, is being done. And Anna, the showrunner, the directors, you know, the camera uh, guys, the sound, the light, everybody, it was just such a revelation uh, for me to understand how much went into what I had seen on screens, you know, going back decades. And I came away uh, extraordinarily uh, impressed at the professionalism and the real understanding of um, what it would take to try to you know, center our guests, because that's always what we were hoping to achieve. Uh, and we had fun. I mean, the people we worked with, and like I said, it was during COVID. I mean, we were being COVID tested every, you know, 15 minutes practically, and it was pretty intense. Nobody got sick. Everybody was, you know, really, really hyper careful, because obviously we wanted to uh, get um, everything filmed. But it was fun. The people were really supportive of us. They taught us a lot. They knew we knew nothing. So we were starting from that basis. Uh, it was just an incredibly positive experience. And I've heard Anna talk about the series and say that the, the two of you not only were interested in feedback, but specifically would ask and say, you know, give us feedback along the way through this experience. Is that something that's always a key component for the two of you, particularly when it comes to a creative process like this? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, I, I learned from from both of my parents, um, you know, really the discipline of lifelong curiosity and learning. Um, I think, you know, even the fact that we're sitting here uh, together on this uh, beautiful May evening, so thank you all for being in a dark room with us, you know, is, is, is partly a reflection of my mother's um, kind of lifelong commitment to try to always be contributing to the sum uh, being greater uh, so the whole being greater than the sum of the parts. And so, you know, I think thankfully, you know, I, I grew up with that ethos of, um, you know, never wanting to be the smartest person in the room, always wanting to be surrounded by people who had something to, uh, to teach us with whom we could learn from and learn with and hopefully, you know, create together. And while, you know, for much of my mother's life, you know, that was in the you know, advocacy space or the public policy space or the political realm. I think those same kind of skills and the same ethos and the same, again, just sort of, you know, deep kind of almost cellular level curiosity about the world and about people and respect for other people's skills and expertises, you know, is something that I grew up around and certainly hope to emulate and try to emulate. And, you know, very much is just part of of who we are and, and very much was part of our experience. And we're so thankful that, you know, we had so many extraordinary people, 
you know, on this journey of Gutsy that we learned so much from and we know we would still have so much more to learn because we were still learning the last day of filming or the last day of voiceover or the last day of looking at color correction. Um, and so that was an incredibly humbling experience, of course, but also an incredibly inspiring one and full of so much deep gratitude. You know, Mara, I wanted to say too, um, I learned a lot uh, around trauma. And, you know, when you're canoeing down a river in Georgia with a woman who had gotten sucked into the white supremacy uh, movement as a teenager, eventually found her way out of that, and now spends her time helping to uh, lead others out of that. In the other canoe with Chelsea is a young woman who, in part because of the Shannon who I was with in the canoe, uh, talked to her and explained how she'd been literally misled, taken advantage of, uh, and how they were, you know, working to help reconstruct her life. It was so incredible because then I went and spoke with the mother of Heather Heyer, who was murdered in Charlottesville. And another woman, African-American woman, whose young son was murdered in a hate crime. And listening to them trying to figure out how to deal with that trauma and that grief um, in a way that didn't make them bitter uh, and angry and filled with hatred, but tried to help them reach out to other people. I mean, it was such um, an extraordinary privilege to uh, be with them and other women, like, you know, the amazing woman I met in Northern California, the Native American who's working to try to heal intergenerational trauma. And, you know, when I look at our country today and I see, you know, so much pent up anger and fear and scapegoating and finger pointing and, and lashing out, there's a lot of trauma that people are not dealing with that, and that has to somehow be, you know, processed because it has real consequences. I mean, something that the, the two of you have both touched upon as well is just the, the way that you're listening and learning from these people. And I feel like in, in watching the two of you in this show and you're, you're both such active and engaged listeners in these conversations and you really kind of lean back and give other people the space a lot of the times. But there are also moments where you both come forth and, and share very personal things as well, um, which in turn also equally opens up the conversation. And so I was interested in kind of how you found the, the dynamic and the balance of that approach and making sure that you were always creating space for other people and finding those moments where sharing a piece of yourself would open something else up. I, it was just organic. I mean, I, I guess I wish I could say that it had all been um, maybe choreographed in some way if it felt so kind of seamless to you. But as my mother just shared, you know, we spoke to, you know, many of the women whom we are so honored to be able to kind of share with audiences in Gutsy for, you know, many hours, 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 um, even if then ultimately it was, you know, distilled into, you know, only a handful or a couple of handfuls of minutes. Um, I do think though, uh, my mother and I, this will not surprise probably any of you, um, do enjoy doing our homework. And so not only had 
for some of the women, we'd done an enormous amount of research already because they were included in the book of Gutsy Women, which kind of preceded the show. Um, but then we were so lucky to work with, you know, wonderful teams of researchers at Apple and as part of the production and, you know, so much in, uh, information and so many stories were surfaced for us or kind of other interviews that the women may have been part of, work that they may have kind of generated and content they, you know, had, had authored, you know, or curated into the world. And then um, we certainly went out and kind of found even more. And so I think that um, the kind of level of just preparation and then reflection and kind of consideration really helped then prepare us to be able to have those organic moments. I love that. And, and did you find that there were moments where what the research and the homework needed to be for each of you sometimes was very similar and other times would be a little bit different? For example, when you talk to Megan the Stallion, you know, you're such a fan of her music and have been for a long time. And I know that you were kind of being newly introduced to a lot of her music, but did a lot of homework on that. Um, I, I didn't have to listen to her music for the first time. That is true. Yes. Well, um, <laughs> Yes, um, there were a number of moments like that. Um, and I really credit Chelsea for uh, bringing me along and uh, helping me uh, broaden my horizons. You know, we were doing, um, we were doing interviews uh, for the show when it, when it first came out on Apple. And uh, Chelsea is a, a great uh, fan of rap and, and has been for many years and has slowly tried to educate her father and me uh, in, a, in a way that uh, I appreciate. And she just is, she's so willing to be incredibly honest about what she's thinking and feeling uh, at, in every moment about everything. And that was uh, really helpful to me because she had a, a rapport, particularly with a lot of the, you know, younger women. And she has a, a view of a lot of these issues that, you know, is somewhat different from mine. So it, you know, we kind of melded it all together. And one of the really sweet things in, in watching the show and watching your relationship together on screen is kind of seeing the little idiosyncrasies and seeing these moments where it feels like you're watching and observing each other even. You know, I love that after the dance class, the camera kind of quietly catches you basically being really proud of your mom. And I was interested for both of you in what were some of the moments where you found yourselves just being very observant of one another and that you started to find a lot of pride in what the other person was doing or the conversation that they were having with someone? Well, certainly um, that moment. Um, also, I really enjoyed, uh, and maybe this was more me being part of my mother's joy, but when we went forest bathing, which my mother had talked to me about, and I kind of was like, really, we're going to go forest bathing? And now I feel a little bit like my children when they learn a new word, and then they're so excited to point out every time. I now feel that way about forest bathing. Like I see advertisements for forest bathing and articles about forest bathing everywhere. I mean, even I was in Madison Square Park, which is near where we live the other day. And I took a picture of the sign because I was like, you know, we can even have local forest bathing meet here Thursday evenings at 5 p.m. And I was like, oh my gosh, forest bathing has come to like the middle of Manhattan, mom. Like you clearly were in the vanguard. Like you knew something that I didn't, you, which you is often true. You what forest true. bathing is. Okay. Oh, you asked for it. <laughs> this is... No, I mean, it, uh, there, there's a Japanese term for it, which um, I can't remember at, those, at this exact moment, but it's truly to just go into the forest and, you know, be 
taken in by your surroundings and feel as though you and the trees are almost of one. And it's an incredible concept, which I encountered years ago. So in one of our walks in the, uh, in the shows, we were in this beautiful you know, forest setting. So I was telling Chelsea about forest bathing and she was looking at me very skeptically. And then as she just said, she now sees this concept uh, everywhere she well, so looks. My, like my mother was like bathing in the forest. I mean, like her arms were going around, and she was like looking up at the canopy, and it just. Well, look, I, I, I mean, mean, I you walk were really in the woods like to save my sanity, yourself. and so yes. you know, you gotta you, you gotta find it where you could get it. Oh uh, yes, yeah, exactly. But I think there were a lot of a lot of moments where we kind of caught each other's eye, and we thought about that. I mean, you saw the the clown um, school, that was quite a revelation. And that was something that, uh, again, I learned a lot about. And Chelsea was, you know, much more sort of into it quickly than uh, than I was. Um, but there were a lot of moments in the filming when uh, she would pick up on something that somebody would say and understand sort of the sort of the deeper meaning of it. Uh, I thought her conversation with Jane Goodall was just so touching because, again, it was intergenerational because Jane also had a, a young environmental activist uh, with her. Uh, and just to kind of capture that moment of, you know, Jane Goodall passing on this lifetime of committed work on behalf of our planet and uh, trying to really capture that, encapsulate, encapsulate that. And with moments between the two of you as well, I wanted to ask about the filming of a lot of the interstitial moments between the interviews as well, because those are really lovely to watch. And, you know, sometimes it's the two of you sitting on a park bench in Paris, sharing memories of humor and jokes from growing up. And sometimes it's watching the two of you driving around Little Rock or going to the Met Museum, because that's a meaningful place. Um, and so how did you work to really interweave those moments in a way that would always feel very personal and very connected? Oh, goodness. Well, I think the interweaving, if we're kind of asking about the verb, we don't deserve any credit for that. I mean, that certainly was uh, the directors and uh, Anna and the editors. But the interstitial moments of, you know, driving in a car or sitting on a bench or being in a forest together or, you know, going to, um, going to the museum, you know, are things that we do. And so I think that it, it feels natural because it is natural um, to us. You know, my mother was like teasing me earlier about like my honesty. I'm very good at being myself. I'm very not good at being anyone else. Like I, I don't do fake well. And I'm sure all of you can psychoanalyze why that has been important to me <laughs> to not try to find that skill set in my life. And so it was quite easy when, you know, Anna would say like, we need you to go walk around the mat. And we're like, great, we go walk around the mat. <laughs> like that's something that we would do or just to talk about our lives because, you know, I think it's quite clear we're very close and we talk a lot. And so that also just feels like, you know, the continuation or a window into, you know, something that, you know, otherwise would of course be happening. Yeah. But like one thing we would not have done, oh no, I should say one thing I would not have done is tango. Talk about your comfort zone with a camera, okay. But that's what Goldie Hawn wanted, wanted to do. She wanted to take a tango lesson. So we did. And of course, she and her daughter are great dancers. And my daughter is a great dancer. And that about sums up the, the tango scene. 
Um, but, you know, again, it was wonderful to watch them and to see uh, this incredible couple of tango instructors uh, showing, uh, showing us what to do. And it just, it really made me happy that we were all together doing that and then having a great conversation about raising daughters and being mothers. I love that. You know, and and as you went through the experience of, of making the show, obviously you start out going through the creative development process of a show with an idea of, of what it's going to be. And in particular, you know, with this approach of what does it mean to be gutsy and, and having the experience of having created a book already, how do you feel like that really has become such a living, breathing entity and has continued to evolve your ideas of what it means to be gutsy in a lot of ways from the conversations and the experience of making the show? Well, I think that that's part of the the hope of the of the show and and the book before it is, you know, we know so many people and obviously so many women who have had to be gutsy in their lives. And, you know, they're often overlooked. Their gutsiness is not respected or appreciated. Uh, they oftentimes uh, don't even see it in themselves. And so part of our hope was that we could elevate this idea. And we deliberately chose that word. You know, there, there are a lot of other words we could have used, courageous, resilient, etc. But gutsy had that kind of visceral sound and feeling to it uh, that we wanted people to almost, you know, get started a little bit and, and think about, wow, you know, when I really think about it, you know, my mom was really gutsy. Or hey, you know, what I just went through was pretty gutsy. Um, because I think people need that sense of, you know, empowerment and agency and being, you know, feeling confident about themselves. Um, look, I think we're living in a really tough time. And it was tough before COVID. It's a lot tougher after COVID. And we're still living with a lot of the, the repercussions of that. And you know, for me, people have to find that internal sort of gutsiness and and use it for themselves. But what we liked about the women we spoke to is they also found ways of using it for others. Uh, and and that was really important uh, for us to not just be gutsy on your on behalf of yourself, although that's critical, but use that then to help others, you know, find their own way forward. You know, and I think too, you know, Mara, you know, truly what I shared earlier of the people who I know don't just come up to me, but come up to my mom and to, you know, to Anna, because she certainly has, has shared similar kind of anecdotes of people who then talk about the different conversations they're having, you know, in, in their lives with their friends. Yes. And also, you know, importantly with their family. And I think too, we hoped that this would be empowering. We didn't want, you know, viewers to watch this show, whether kind of, you know, younger or older or anyone in between it to feel like, oh, I could never do that. We wanted viewers to watch the show and think, oh, I'm, I'm already doing that. Or, oh, I, I could do that. Or, oh, maybe I can be a little more uncomfortable to learn something more about myself. You know, that's what we really had had hoped for. Um, and what we thankfully, you know, have heard from many people is happening. 
I love that sentiment. And it's such an incredibly inspiring series. So thank you so much to the two of you for sharing this all with us this evening. And thank you so much to all of you for coming out to tonight's screening. Thank you all. Thank you, everyone.